Well, what's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. Hope you're having an awesome day. For those of you watching online, welcome. We're so glad that you are here, part of us watching on a screen. And man, I hope that you are excited about what God is doing. I hope that you can feel his presence. Uh, if you brought your Bibles today, uh, you can go ahead and open up to Mark chapter 4. Uh, and I got a little bit of news for you. Today's going to get a little bit dirty. Not that kind of dirty, but a good kind of dirty. In fact, go ahead and tell the person next to you, it's about to get dirty in here. Go ahead and tell them, don't be shy. Like, even if you don't know them, it's all right. I'm not making it weird. It's just a little bit dirty. It's like, not that kind of dirty, but just different. And so, like, I just, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, Mark 4, and Jesus gives us a parable. It's super powerful. But before I get rolling in the message, I, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about church. Like, what if we were part of a church that not only allowed the Holy Spirit to be here, but actually allowed the Holy Spirit to do what he wanted to do and to move powerfully in you and I and in our church? And, and what might would happen, you know, as a result of that? What, what would we, what would that look like if we allowed him to do that? Because you have this incredible opportunity. You know, you have an opportunity to open yourself up to what God might do in and through you and in the church. Um, but the reality is, is you have a choice. You absolutely get to decide at what level you want to be used by God, to be part of the church, uh, how you want to be connected. You have a choice. So my question, you know, is like, what level will you allow God to move in your life? Uh, so how is that going to work? How are you going to be part of what God is doing in Grace Church and in our community? And so, but it's totally up to you. Uh, so before I get rolling in the passage and in the message, I wanted to pray just for a moment. And so Lord God, we come before you. And Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your scripture. I thank you for how dynamic you are. And Lord, I ask that you would speak through me, Lord, that you would allow the things that are in my heart that I feel like you've put there, that they would be able to come out and come out clearly. And Lord, that you would speak. Uh, Lord, truly to each of us as individuals that your Holy Spirit would be in our mind and in our thoughts, in our soul and our emotions, Lord, in our bodies, and, and that you would just uh, wrap yourself around us and be inside of us, and Lord, that your presence would be here. Uh, thank you for your word and your scripture, and we're excited what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to read a, a couple of major sections in Mark 4. Uh, this is uh, Jesus' teaching, and he teaches a parable about the soils. And so let me start off in, in uh, verse 1, where Jesus says, Once again, uh, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore, and a very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat, and then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. He scattered it across the field. Some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and they ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun and soon it didn't have deep roots. Since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. So they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted. They grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And so I just want to insert ourselves in this passage of scripture. If you just for a moment, for these next several minutes, could imagine yourself 
being on the lake shore and Jesus is teaching. There's a huge crowd of people that have crowded in around. I mean, so thousands and thousands of people are coming and they're getting so close that he's backed up and now his feet are wet. Like he's pushed back and he's like, hey, you know, this isn't gonna work. So he gets out into a boat and he pushes out a little bit because so many people are there. They've been listening to his teachings. They've been hearing how he's been preaching with authority. They've seen miracles take place. They've, they've had all these incredible signs and wonders. Uh, he's fed them. I mean, he does lunch like nobody else. And so, you know, they're showing up to, just to see. Some of them are observing. Some of them are listening. Some of them are coming for healing. And, but all these people are crowded in. Like it's a ton of people. And so he gets back. And, and to me, this is kind of cool. If you're into sound and stuff, he basically creates an amphitheater by being on a boat because his voice will carry on the water and it'll carry really well. And, and so in that area, you know that oftentimes when there's water, there's a, like a, a little kind of beach area and, and kind of a little bit of hills and stuff. And so people could be in and around and they all could hear. If you've ever been in an amphitheater, you know, just here locally or whatever, you, you, like it's, they're designed to be able to carry somebody's voice or carry the sound. So that's really neat how that happens. And then Jesus tells a parable, you know, a story. He tells, tells the, about some, some soils. And so when I understand soil, though, and farming, you know, I'm not a farmer. I don't know if you are, but nowadays I, I look at these big, giant tractors and combines and it is just really neat and it's impressive what they can do and how much land and, that they can cover in the fields and, and harvesting. It just is impressive. But way back then, you know, thousands of years ago, all, the, the farmer would have kind of this, you know, burlap sack type thing and, and, and he would just be throwing the seed you know, onto the ground. And if he was rich, he had a donkey where he would probably put the, the, the bag of seed on the donkey and poke a little hole and kind of walk the donkey along and then just let the seed fall, you know, onto the ground as it needed to, in, needed to in that field. But the thing that's interesting that I love is this is more than a story about some seeds. This is way more than a cute little, you know, saying about some, some, some dirt, um, because when you understand parables, there's always this deeper meaning. And what I'm hoping to uncover is that there is a, a deeper meaning that the Lord has for you in this parable of soils that Jesus gives to us. Because sometimes we read something and we think we get it. And many of you, you, you read that, we read it together, and you're like, okay, I get it, and I understand. Maybe you've even read that before, and maybe you like it. It's one of my favorite ones. And but the thing that's interesting is sometimes we don't really understand at the depth and level that Jesus is, is teaching. And, and I love that the disciples didn't understand either. In fact, Jesus did this teaching and, and all the people, and then, and then the disciples are going, uh, can you explain that to us? Like that whole like seed thing and the dirt and you know, wh what does that even mean? And so I just, I love that about them. And, and so there's times, I mean, when you and I, we don't understand what God's doing. We think we do, but really we don't. So we have to ask for a deeper meaning. And I, Jesus, does, Jesus gives them the answer. He tells them and explains it to them. So I wanna read it to us so we're all on the same page. So continuing in verse 14, the farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. 
they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on the soil that represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. And so when Jesus is talking about the seed in the soils, he's not just talking about some farming stuff. He actually is talking about the condition of our heart. I don't know if you extrapolated that from that passage of scripture, from that parable, but Jesus is talking more about, you know, just us and who we are and what's going on. And the thing that's so cool is he's actually giving us a view from his perspective. Because you and I as human beings, we look at somebody, we notice their hair, we notice their skin, we notice their clothes, whatever, the outside. Well, Jesus actually can see into our soul. He can see inside of us and see the status of our heart and where we're at. He actually can also understand what we're thinking even though we're not saying it out loud. So he's giving us a view from his perspective. And the thing that's interesting is two people can hear the same exact message. In fact, you, you're gonna hear a message and you're going to take things from it and you're gonna get it and you're gonna understand, but two people can hear the same message and experience the same atmosphere and what's going on, but they will walk away taking two very different stories, two very different applications of what's being said, what's being communicated, what's being read in scripture. Same seed, different soil. And that's what we're experiencing. That's what we're experiencing right now. And so I wanna challenge you a little bit about church sermons, uh, if I can do that just for a moment. Uh, so how important are church sermons to you? How important are, is, is church attendance to you? You know, how much is focused on this, this service that we're in? Call it, you know, a little over an hour. We've got some music, you know, some videos, opportunity to give, message, close with a song. You've maybe been in church before. That's kind of the deal. But how much is focused on me as the speaker and how much is focused on you as the listener? How much of this in what we're doing? And so where's my responsibility versus where your responsibility lies? Mine, no doubt, is to read God's word, to preach it, to teach it. And believe me, we try and do that very, in a very relevant way. I try and be funny. I try and make jokes. I try and make it meaningful. I love you. I care about you. I want something significant to happen. I want to have you experience the transformational power of the Holy Spirit in your life, no doubt. But how much of it falls on you? And what you hear, because we're diving into God's word every single week, for you to take and apply to your life, because um, it's going to hit you differently than it is the person next to you. And usually, it's based on the current condition of your heart with where you're at and what you're dealing with. Because I'm not up here just to give another good talk. I really am not. That's not my purpose. That's not my intent. Uh, in fact, I want to talk about the seed that's either growing or not growing in your life. I want to talk about the evidence of the fruit that's in your life. Because in James, in, in chapter 1, verse 22, he says this, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Now, so understanding dirt and 
farming and stuff. So my parents, they grew up on farms. My grandparents were farmers, you know, that they had tractors and horses and all the stuff and cows and all the things. So I didn't grow up on a farm. My parents stepped away from that lifestyle, but they, they totally understood what that was. But I grew up and we had a garden, you know, cause they grew up in that type of environment. So we, we would plant a garden and it was actually really cool. As a kid, we would have green beans growing in one spot. We would have snow peas growing on vines, you know, on a fence. We would have watermelons growing and zoo bikini and like we would have all this different stuff. And as a kid, when I got hungry throughout the day, if I was playing, I could go and just pick some green beans. And so I had organic, natural green beans, you know, and that's why I'm so fit. Like that's like, come on. Yes. Uh, And I loved it. And so uh, one time several years ago, uh, I went on an urban mission trip and we went to downtown Atlanta. And one of the things that we did one day was uh, we we were part of a, a community garden. Really kind of cool how people would come and, and serve. It was a ministry all focused to grow fresh fruits and vegetables for people that were less fortunate. And it was really neat to be able to be a, a part of that. And so the, the condition of the soil in the garden at my home when I was growing up and the condition of the soil in this downtown urban area, and maybe some of you, you grow Plants at home, you grow stuff, which is super cool. It's super popular. I love it. But the condition of the soil is extremely important. We all know that. Is it rich with nutrients or is it just kind of dry and worn out? And so the level at which this seed, which is God's word, grows in our life reveals the condition of our heart. And so the best thing, the best thing that you could do today in this message is to address the condition of your heart. The best thing that you could do in your marriage, in your friendships, for your business, the best thing you could do in being part of this church, part of this community, is take a moment right now and address and improve the soil in which is the condition of your heart. And so not only just receive and hear the word, but allow it to do some work inside of you and maybe transform you a little bit so that we might be fruitful and grow. In fact, it says this in Colossians chapter one, verse 10. It says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And so we get this. This is not profound. This is not new stuff. We know we should do this, but we don't or we aren't right now. And so what I wanna do is I wanna go back to Mark 4. I wanna dive into some of those, the, the, the soils that Jesus talks about in this parable. And I wanna talk about three different barriers to fruitfulness. And the first barrier is that when you and I have a hard heart, So when we read Mark 4, Jesus is talking about the seed. The farmer goes out, throws the seed. He says the first one, the farmer throws out, the seed falls on the footpath, which for you and I is a sidewalk. You know, if if you and I are throwing seed, whether it's grass seed or whatever, we throw it and it ends up on the sidewalk, you're not expecting the grass to grow on the sidewalk. That's reality. So what Jesus is saying is, wow, if that seed is there, and it doesn't get into soil, then birds will come and eat it. And so he, he gives, the, the description is literally where, where Satan comes and snatches that seed up. And so when your heart is hard, you're getting robbed. That's what's taking place. 
The seed that is the investment from the gardener, from the planter, throwing them out, it's falling and then it's getting robbed, it's getting stolen. And so the hard-heartedness robs you of the harvest because the seed is supposed to be in soil and grow and then fruit comes as a result. So you're getting robbed when you have a hard heart. And so I just, I have this simple little acorn, right? It's, it's a little acorn. And so when you take one acorn and you plant it, and it, it's actually planted in the right place, in the right soil, this acorn grows into one oak tree. Not profound. But what does that one oak tree produce? A thousand gazillion more acorns over its lifetime. But a seed that falls on the rocky path gets eaten. Probably not by birds, but a squirrel, since it's an acorn. And so my question is, where are the areas in your heart that have been hardened? And you look inside of your life right now and you recognize there's some spots um, and it's difficult, it's challenging. You're in opposition towards God. You're not receptive to what he, have, he has. In fact, I believe that the hard-heartedness is you and I being defiant against the Lord. Where there's times in our life where God will say something and he'll want us to do something or we know we should act a certain way. There should be good fruit in our life. And we say, no thanks. I don't wanna do that. I'm not interested in that. God, you're saying you want me to forgive them, but they didn't ask yet. And so what if God is saying to you, that, hey, you know, I realize they did something and you don't appreciate it and you wish they would come forward, but I'm telling you to offer them forgiveness because it's actually causing bitterness to rise up inside of you. So you forgive them even though they don't ask. And what if God says, I want you to do that with your spouse? And if you've been married for more than two and a half minutes, he says that often. <laughs> um, and so us having a hard heart, we say, I'm not gonna do it. God, I, I'm not going to forgive them for what they did, for what they said, how they treated me. I'm not going to apologize first. And so what happens is that's our hard-heartedness. And so what is that? That's that seed that ends up on the sidewalk and it gets robbed because there's a, there's a, a harvest that comes as a result of that. So what about the times when you and I beg for God to do something? Right, because we do. God, would you please do this? Would you move in my marriage? Would you move in my relationship? Would you move in my kids, my business? Would you do something incredible? And God says, no. Like what if God's like, you know, you're really focused on this one particular thing and I'm not in that. I have something different for you. And you look at God, uh, let me say we. We look at God and say, I'm going to do that anyway. I know you maybe don't want me to, but maybe you do. And so I'm gonna convince myself that I'm gonna do it anyways. And so I'm gonna move in that way. Hey, God, you're telling me, and I really feel like something sketchy about this particular business, but man, there's a lot of money to be made in that particular area. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Even though mm, there's something inside of me, oh, I have some questions and I don't, but God, would you bless it anyway? What is that? That's defiance, it's disobedience. I'm going to do it anyway. And what happens is the results aren't what we want. And we're surprised by that. We even get mad at God. Um, but on a deeper level, we miss out 
on the harvest of that other opportunity that God had. Why? Because that seed fell on the hardness, the defiance inside of our life. And it's so difficult, isn't it? When we get defiant against God, I also think there's times when we're not willing to pay the price of what God is taking us to, where he lays out some challenges, he lays out something big. Maybe it's a particular sin in your life. It's something that you've been doing habitually and he's spoken to you and spoken to you and spoken to you and you go, God, what do you want me to do? And he reminds you what that is. And you go, you know what? I really, I think it's too hard. I think it's too difficult to do that. And so we're not willing to pay the price. It's kind of like we feel like it, it would cost too much. You know what I'm saying? Where we go, God, God, that would be amazing, but I just don't know if I could do it. Let me, let me give you some visual aids, right? So um, here I, I have a, a bowl of rocks um, and I have a bowl of dirt. And the thing that's interesting about these rocks, like they're pretty and they're clean, um, but there's still no growth. If I took this acorn and it's like the seed, and this represents our, our heart and our life, and I put it right there, it's not gonna grow. And the squirrel will come and it'll eat it. And the, th- the thing that God spoke to me about this, and, and, and let me apologize in advance, because this is gonna be hard for some of you to hear. Um, some of you are just like this bowl of rocks, where they're clean and they're pretty, but you're more concerned about the outward appearance than you are the condition of your heart. And that's hard to hear because you're unwilling. You're not willing to address those things because of the hardness that you're experiencing and that seed is getting robbed from you and you're getting stolen from and you're blaming God and he's done everything that he needs to, and he's addressing it right now. And so please, the hard-heartedness, I have it too. It's, it's so difficult to deal with, but it's real and it's raw. But that's not the only type of soil that Jesus is talking about. The second one that he talks about is shallow faith, right? So when he says, you've got shallow faith, what that is is like if I took a little bit of soil and I sprinkled it on there and then I put the acorn on there, I'm like, yes, now it will grow. It's like you got a sprinkle of dirt. And so, yeah, maybe it'll, it'll sprout. And because and the, the seed does that naturally where it'll recognize what it's in. It gets some, some sunlight, some, some water, right? Back to fourth grade science. And it might grow. It might get some roots that happen. But then all of a sudden life's tough and it's difficult. And you and I face some challenges and Jesus addresses that. He's like, hey, you may face some tough situations. And and he's saying, what are those tough situations that you're in right now? Maybe it is a relationship. Maybe it is your marriage. I make jokes about marriage sometimes, but maybe you're going, man, like things are rocky in our marriage right now. It is difficult. Maybe it's finances. You're looking at your consumer debt or your student loan debt versus your income and you're going, I don't know how this is gonna work. And you're going, what's the deal? And you're praying and believing, but your faith is shallow and you're not trusting the Lord. You're not giving to him first and you're holding back. And so maybe it's related spiritually. 
Maybe just on a spiritual level, you feel shallow. You know what, we, we talk about spiritual things, you know there's a deeper level, but you look at your faith and you go, mm, I don't have that. I'm not experiencing that. Let me explain it in a different way. Uh, maybe it'll line up for you. I feel that sometimes we treat Christianity like karma. So we go, God, I'm gonna do this for you. God, look at me. I showed up to church. I come to church one time a month, baby. I'm a regular at Grace Church. Here I am. You know, God, I'm gonna do this. And so God, I'm gonna do this good thing. I'm gonna help that person. I'm gonna do that. And so now we kind of build up our, our stockpile, our bank, our, our deposits on the good things that we've done. And we go, look at that. So now we move into this side where when things are challenging and difficult, we look at God and go, remember all that stuff I did? It's time for you to reciprocate. It's time for you to pay me back for what I did for you. And we act as though God owes us something because of all the stuff that we did. And maybe it doesn't work out quite the way that we want. And what do we do? We get mad at God. We get angry at him. We blame him for not doing what we wanted. And sometimes we even get to this place where we look at God and we say, this is not what I signed up for. You didn't hold up your end of the bargain. And God is saying back, he's like, it was never a bargain to begin with. Why would you think that? And we say, it doesn't matter. I'm out. I'm not doing this. This is not what I signed up for. And in essence, basically what we're doing is we're treating God as though he's a genie in a lamp. We give the three rubs, we get the wishes, and we think that he's supposed to do those things for us. And we treat him like that. Let me give you another, another analogy if it's not making sense. Let me, let me just, let's just kind of paint a picture. Let's say you and I are gonna travel together. Let's just say, hey, we're gonna go on a trip, you pick. Where do you wanna go in this state, a different state, our country, different country, no big deal. Like, let's go, we'll travel together, it'll be awesome. It'll be so much fun. We decide, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna fly there because a train would take forever. Or, you know, I don't wanna drive. Like, let's just fly. We get on the plane and, and, and we've all traveled on a plane before. We get on the plane and we're sitting there and things are going good. And, and so we're in economy. And so they bring us some pretzels or peanuts Maybe, depends how economy you went. Uh, you know, so they, they bring us a drink, a Coke or a water. Maybe, depends on which airline you're flying on. And so we're like, hey, we're hanging out. We're having good, having a good time. And, you know, and they're going through the, the speech and the, the thing drops down. And you're like, hey, make sure you, you put that on because you know, if that thing falls out, down, we're all in trouble. Like that little yellow thing's gonna save us because we're in trouble if that happens. And, and, and then all of a sudden they do all this stuff, the buckle, and, and we're flying, we're up in the air. And then something different happens. They start bringing out parachutes. And you go, whoa, because if you don't, I am gonna go, uh, excuse me, this part's new. I haven't heard this. Could you say that again? Why in the world are you handing out parachutes on this flight? And they politely say with a smile, at some point in time, this plane's gonna go down during our trip. <laughs> what? Excuse me, I never would have gotten on this plane had I known it was going down. And so the parachute that they give to us 
It's not meant to be like a blanket to keep yourself warm in the winter. It's not meant to be a little pillow. It's meant to what? To save you from dying. That's what the parachute is meant to be. And so let's not be shocked if the plane that we're flying on, if we are able to make the connection that that's actually like our life and we think that everything's going to be normal and cozy, no turbulence, but in fact, the reality is that sometimes uh, the plane of our life comes crashing down, doesn't it? And so God does this incredible thing where he gives us a parachute. So when we're experiencing that, we need to understand on a spiritual level, do you know what that relates to? Is the fact that Jesus is God's son and he died and he rose again. Why? So that you and I could be forgiven of our sins and when we believe in him so that we could go to heaven and not hell, eternity, our spirit. That's why Jesus died, right? He didn't get tortured so that you and I could have a comfortable life. Do you, like somebody came to preach this morning. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Like it's, it's such a big deal. But unfortunately, we think we're doing God a favor by being in a church or calling ourselves a Christian. And it's just not that way. We think he owes us something. But in fact, quite the opposite is true. Where would you be without the parachute that is Jesus? He already paid the ultimate price. And for those of us that understand military, military family, our incredible nation, the freedom, we know what freedom costs. Many of you get it. You have family members lost their life. So, like we get it on a military level. What if we relate that on a spiritual level? The ultimate price was paid by Jesus and it took one person, one man, the son of God as the perfect lamb that died for every single one of us for all humanity, for all time. And so there will be pain in this life. There will be times when the plane comes crashing down and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Oh yeah, that parachute, that Jesus, I, I can have connection with him. So what if you and I experience some suffering, the sickness, an illness? What if we face a little bit of persecution? Maybe we just go, you know what? I'm gonna invite my neighbors to, to Christmas Eve service at Grace Church, and they kind of chastise you back. You know what that is? That's like a little bit of persecution. It ain't so bad, because sometimes it gets worse than that, doesn't it? And so that's when we're struggling, we're questioning, God, questioning the Lord. But all of that is temporary, isn't it? Do, do you have an eternal perspective on what's going on? Because our body, our mind will come to a time when it's all done and over. That's just this life. But what if we allow ourselves to have an eternal mindset and recognize the condition of our heart actually affects the harvest and the result of things that are going on eternally. That's what this is all about. So please do me a favor. Let's transition from shallow faith, a shallow faith type Christian, and where there's another opportunity. Because uh, in, in Colossians chapter two, verse seven, it says, let your roots grow down into him. 
and let your lives be built on him, then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you are taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And so if this hasn't happened to you already, there will be a time when your faith is tested. It probably has happened to you already, but, and there will be another time. And so when that time comes, I just wanna remind you that Jesus and who he is, we, he doesn't in fact owe us anything, but we owe him everything of our entire life. So when we're going through that little struggle and we're kind of miffed and upset about it, I think he's driving us to a place of greater dependency. So what if instead of being resentful towards him, we say, you know what? I wanna be thankful towards you because obviously you're doing something because I've got shallow faith because I'm not trusting you enough. So would you grow that in me? And so I just believe that in those times of difficulty and temptation and struggle, what if we believe that he is actually the king of kings and worship him regardless of our situation? Because it's, sometimes it's easy to do that when things are good, but can you do that when it's not? Because he's the same. He's the same savior, the same Lord that redeemed us the same way. And so he, he just, he wants to do that in life. So when those issues come, don't be a shallow Christian. And then there's a third type of soil and that's a crowded life. So the thing that's interesting about this one to me is there's actually growth. There is, there's growth. There's enough soil, there's enough sprouting, enough roots there, but Jesus teaches that that plant gets choked out. And so why? And I, Jesus says it could be the wealth. It could be the, the wealth of the world. It could be the possessions that you get wrapped up with. It could be the concern of others where you get very concerned about what other people think and you're not willing to go to a certain level and depth in the Lord. You're focused on their opinions. But because we grow or advance in our life, the roots grow. The, 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 it's starting to grow. So when he's talking about the things that crowded out, what is that? I believe in our life that we're trying to grow, right? We're trying to take steps forward. We're trying to achieve. We're trying, we have goals and aspirations. Those are fantastic. That's great. But what happens when you actually get them? So let's say you have a smaller house and you have a 2-2 a, a and you move into a 3-2. What happens? You have another bedroom to clean. What happens if you go, you know what? It would be so awesome one day if we could take our 3-2 and have a 4-2 with a pool. What do you have to do then? You got to clean the pool or pay somebody to do it. So what is that? Now you have added financial responsibilities that are in that pool and you're going, but this is great. This is awesome. What if it's something else that you're aspiring for and you're moving for? What happens is our stress level increases with every type of advancement that we have in our life. It, it doesn't matter what it is. And please understand, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. What if your business grows? You gotta hire more employees. What do you have to do? You pay more payroll, more, more insurance, right? We know it, we get it. We lead companies, we do, we do spreadsheets. And so the responsibility grows. And it's a great thing. But what happens as well is now those are like weeds that come up and they choke us because of those responsibilities. And then all the other things begin to choke out the top priorities. I can't read my Bible, I can't pray, I, I've gotta get into work, I've gotta, cause we're growing and cause we're, it's a dangerous place. And so it gets choked and we aspire. I, please understand, I am more driven than 
anybody I know, and I want more and desire more, and I want the next best thing, but if we get to this place that we think that that's gonna satisfy us, we're fooling ourselves. And so if that's you, like I'm speaking directly to you, it's like the end zone line that's moving. You know, we're chasing after scoring this touchdown and it just seems like the end zone keeps getting farther and farther and farther away. And we're doing that to ourselves. God is not doing that to us. We're allowing all the stress and responsibilities to choke out the things that we had at one point in time. That's why we love vacation so much. Why? Because I don't have to do anything. Because all the responsibilities of life have worn me out. I mean, I, I could give you a million examples. I mean, there's every single person, regardless of your demographic, there's some way that this relates to you. But so there's three types of soil and all of them prevent this seed from taking root. And so what I want, my desire is that your, the roots of your life and your spiritual life would grow down deep. Like they would be deeper and that would be incredible. So what does that look like? Yes, we're reading scripture. Yes, we're praying. Yes, we're coming to church. We're serving, we're giving, we're part of it. We're doing this incredible thing because that's what's available because there's a fourth opportunity, right? If this represents the first three soils, we've got this one over here where God's saying, hey, I wanna take that seed and I wanna put it over there in that kind of dirt. And that's where we get number four, which that's where the abundant growth happens. It's not over here, it's over there. And let me read you verse 20 in Mark 4. It says, and that seed that fell on the good soil, it represents those who hear and accept God's word. There's another and, and produce a harvest. So it's not just hearing, it's not just accepting. There's things that come afterwards. It's a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as been planted. And that's incredible, that's amazing. And so let me go a little bit deeper on the 30, 60, 100. Because some of you, you're 30. You're 30 times growing, which is amazing. Like, please hear me. I am so proud of you. So many of you are coming and you're going, I'm doing this, I'm reading, I'm praying, I'm praying with my kids. We're reading scripture at night. I'm doing stuff in the community. I feel the presence of God at Grace Church. Like that's, that's growth. I'm so proud of you. The thing that's amazing is Jesus is saying, 30 is awesome, but there's also 60. And so every single one of us knows 100% growth. If you take something from 30 and you take it to 60, that's 100% growth. If my stock investments go 100%, I'm pretty excited. For you and your life, if God goes, I invested this seed in them and there's, a there's 60%, 60 times. But that, that's what's incredible. You and I, like, and I'm so proud of you. That's double awesome. And the God that we serve, that we honor because of who he is, the supernatural growth that is available is that hundred times. I mean, we're talking exponents. All my engineer friends just got this shiver up your spine. I know, like, like exponentially, multiplication, way more than you ever thought or imagined or was possible. That's what God is saying is available to you. So please understand my heart. For every single one of us, we've got something to deal with. We're either on the hard, hard path where our hearts are hardened or we're, we have shallow faith and we know it. 
or there's things that are choking us and they're causing us to feel disconnected from the Lord. And there's a better way. And so please, if you're in this, that is incredible. But I believe that there's even more. Because when, when I put this acorn in this dirt and I water it, do I actually make that grow? The answer is no. Okay, there's nothing inside of me that can make that acorn grow. The only one that makes that grow is the one who designed it, which is God Almighty. So if you and I were to take this parable of soils, the seed and all the analogies, the plane, the parachute, how many analogies you want me to give you? Cause I got plenty. So what if we took that and said, God, would you bring me to a place where I'm growing? I want more of you. I'm looking to grow down deep because there's more. And I'm not talking about selfish ambition. I'm not talking about you gaining more aspirations in your own life. I'm talking about the supernatural anointing and presence of God that only He can bring that hundred times growth in your life. That's the multiplication that I'm after, that we're after. Are you on board? Do you understand the magnitude of what we're talking about? That God wants to change what's going on in our life and cause us to be in a different place. So you're one of these types of soils. But what if you and I just lifted up our eyes for a minute and didn't look so much at all of our troubles and issues because there's some stuff we gotta deal with and I get it. But what if we looked over at that one seed and didn't just simply see one oak tree, but we saw a forest. Is that not 100 times growth? And so for us, trees are pretty, I love the shade, but if we put this on a spiritual level, if we're willing to do some hard work to till up some things in our life that need to be addressed and get planted over in this fertile soil, what might God do in your life? Incredible, right? What might God do in a church of people that are willing to say, I want the hundred, I want the 100 times growth. What if you and I together said, let's go after that? What might God do then? That's where I'm at. And so again, I opened the message. It's a choice. Absolutely is totally up to you. But if you're here or you're watching online and you know that God has something bigger and better for you, we're a church that's on that trajectory. And I just would invite you to come into the openness of the Holy Spirit and remain humble before Him and watch what God might do in this community and how He wants to do it. Because what if we got to this place where when Jesus said, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What if we kind of all rallied up together and we got a few workers together? I believe that God has a harvest that He wants to bring. So if y'all could do me a favor, go ahead and stand up. I wanna pray over you. Uh, and speak a blessing over you. And I know that this is challenging to hear. I know it's difficult. So I wanna pray into this a little bit. And so pray with me, just let's take our, our hearts and let's bow them before the Lord. God, you, you see the condition of our heart. Uh, Lord, you see our issues, our sins. So Father, first and foremost, we repent. We acknowledge our sins. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, would you bring this incredible movement of forgiveness 
over us, that you would wash us clean. We don't deserve it at all, but you give it to us. And so we receive your grace. We receive your goodness. Lord, with a thankful heart, we're so appreciative of all the things that you've ever done. And so God, would you just kind of come in though? Would you come in and would you bring that tractor that, that tills up the, the soil? that tills it up and because man there's some hard spots in my life there's some shallow faith there's some issues and problems there's some things that I've allowed a, a root of bitterness I have some resentment towards this person God I've lacked faith in business Lord I, I'm, I'm looking at the circumstances regarding my health and not keeping my eyes on you God would you do something supernatural and amazing and so Lord God we want to we want to ask that you would please would you come down and like kind of scoop us up Sometimes we feel like a fragile plant with just these small little roots. Would you scoop us up and put us, would you transplant us into that fertile soil? Lord, not for us, but that we might serve you and honor you and speak blessings about you and bless other people around us because of you. Lord, that your kingdom might advance. Thank you so much for who you are and that you picked us to do this incredible thing. But Lord, we ask that you would help us to grow and grow in you. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name.